I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Hello, friends. Happy holidays to all. Yes, the day this comes out, not the day we're recording it, but when you are hearing it probably, is the third night of Hanukkah, mm-hmm. the day before Kwanzaa, wow. and the day of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, great time for a holiday episode. Woo! But we start this adventure actually in the past for Thanksgiving. Yeah. <clears throat> so, every Thanksgiving, I get unironically pretty hype about decorative gourds you love a gourd yeah i do so cheesy (laughs) uh but i'm really into it i know there's this wonderful mcsweeney's article that makes fun of exactly the type of person i am it doesn't even (laughs) matter i like that article too um mcsweeney's is like an internet i don't know if it's so popular but it's like an internet joke thing if you're not familiar with it i think that internet comedy writing popular among a certain set of people Mm. any event because like it. it's like, it's a, it like makes fun of literary magazines. Yeah. So you have to be part of that culture, I think, in order to understand the joke sometimes. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah. Point being, I always, well, since we've been in Inwood, in any event, have always bought them from the farmer's market. There's usually always like dollar, dollar gourd bins <laughs> <laughs> around Thanksgiving, maybe even really after Halloween. That's when the hype really starts. I mean, I think whatever gourd season is, because they mm. are food. Yeah. Yeah. True. Not just decorative. <laughs> um, so whatever gourds grow, that's when they appear at the farmer's market. Yeah. It's usually, well, one place I usually like to buy from, there's this uh, stand at the farmer's market, and it's a guy who brings his two sons with him. I sell a lot of meat. We buy eggs from them now. Mm-hmm. But every year around decorative gourd season time, it's not just regular gourd season, um, his youngest son, who I don't know, must be well, probably seven or eight, like pretty young, is the one in charge of selling the dollar gourds because it's like <laughs> a fair responsibility to give a seven-year-old. Um, and I find that as like a, a teacher particularly cool. So I usually like to go there. How do you evaluate a decorative gourd for like peak decorativeness? Mm, Hashtag Donnie's Decor Corner. Yeah. <laughs> good question. Good question. Well, I like to go for lumpiest. Lumpiest. Yeah. Okay. I like the ones that have all the little warts on them. Um, I think those are cool. Some people probably <laughs> prefer... Uh, <laughs> Jordan is currently typing a list of my decor corner tips, which is why I was laughing. Uh, <laughs> the reason for which will be revealed later. Well, teaser. Yeah. Um, and I like the ones that are lumpy, have all the little bumps on them. Uh, some people might prefer smooth. I don't know. I also like if they're like a little mis- misshapen. I like when things are almost even or almost geometrically sound, but there's one thing that's like a little crooked or... If there's a splotch of color that's different, like this year, I think our gourd is mainly orange, but then there's one piece of it that was green. Did you take a pick of the gourds? 
I don't know. Well, that's awkward. We might have to reach back into the annals of our picks to see if we can find one. You like a bit of whimsy in a gourd, I mm-hmm. would say. Very much so. I also liked, this year was the first year we did like one of each kind of shape. So usually they're either round or rounded in some way. Like some of them are like more acorn shapes, some of them are more round in the like pumpkin sense. Then there's the ones that are like long and knobby, like a like summer squash, but shrunk down. And usually I go for the rounded ones, but this year we did one of each, and I thought it was quite nice. Yeah, it was nice. We had three this year, actually two gourds, and then one baby pumpkin that ah, we got yes. from the CSA and didn't eat. Mm-hmm. So just now. Yeah, actually just now we um, scooped the seeds out of it to make roasted pumpkin seeds, so... Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. That's about all I have to say about gourds. They usually last us till we leave, like the pumpkin did. The gourds we got rid of a little earlier. They started maybe just last last weekend. I think we got rid of them, right? Maybe before we went to that wedding. Maybe. I don't remember. They are fairly hardy, though, and yeah. they don't get weird and gross. So they are a nice piece of decor and to like keep around. And if you're doing sustainable decor, they can be eaten and or composted or probably after eaten used to make stock yeah or part of a stock obviously more on that later also teaser (laughs) (laughs) so the other holiday tradition that we have that's a little bit weird um or maybe unknown is more of the yeah i didn't know about it until we were together yeah um, so after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas is a holiday called St. Nick's Day. What? It is of German origin mm. and I celebrate it because my mom is from Wisconsin and Wisconsin has a lot of Germans in it. We are not ourselves German. We are just like German adjacent. <laughs> You're Wisconsin German. Yeah. <laughs> and basically on the night of December 5th, St. Nick, who is not Santa Claus, who is a real person who is the patron saint of sailors, um, people with disabilities, and children. Wow. Comes around. Uh, kids leave their shoes out, like, on the stoop or on a windowsill, and he fills their shoes with sushi... Sushi? Sushi? Sushi which are, like, tiny treats. Ah. So it's like they have to be small enough to fit in a shoe. A child, <laughs> is that what Susish Kitan. Susish Kitan. Susish Kitan. I wouldn't have gotten that Susish on my um, Duolingo. Mm. They would have been like, "No, we don't know what you're saying." Mm. The little Alan would have been like, "It's all right, Jagan." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the way that we've done it since I was little is that our stockings get filled on the night of the fifth rather than on Christmas, essentially. And so, like, when I was little, we would always get an ornament for our kids' Christmas tree because my mom observes, like, an adult Christmas tree that is beautiful and then a children's Christmas tree that is hot mess but, like, full of children's things. That's pretty funny. I don't know that I knew that either. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. yeah. There was, like, stuff we could put on my mom's Christmas tree and then, like, stuff that was relegated to our Christmas tree because it was ugly. <laughs> wow, savage. Yeah. Um, and then we would get Christmas pajamas and obviously, like, lots of candy and stuff, but always a Terry's chocolate orange as well. That's not so much what we do anymore, though my mom does still send me a St. Nick's box, which includes the chocolate orange. But now we usually get to pick, like, one 
sort of pajama thing. Um, pajama adjacent. Yeah, you got slippers this year, which actually we're still waiting to come. True. Um, and then we get chocolates as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get each other St. Nick's Day presents. It's true. Because I like it. I think it's a cool thing. It's a thing not a lot of people do. I love getting presents, so I love that you get to spread the presents out over the whole month rather than like having too many presents all at once. <laughs> not that there's such a thing as too many presents, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So this year I got Donnie a pie plate. Yeah. Which we've been talking about for a long time and mm-hmm. actually... When we were doing the like whole kitchen update, we were standing in Target and Donnie turned to me and was like, should we just get new pie plates now? And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little off-putting, but also, so to set the scene a little better, that is one of our caffeine-fueled, like, well, let's just do the damn thing moments. And these pie tins Jordan had for a while. I bought them at Rite Aid, probably the year that I moved here. Or no, it was the year that you moved here because we were doing Thanksgiving and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe we're going to need some pie plates. So I literally just like went to Rite Aid and they came to probably for like $5. That's very funny. I didn't know the full story behind that. I knew yeah. they were Rite Aid. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, they haven't really held up. They're too small too. Yeah. I didn't know that there were sizes of pie plates, but these are definitely like smaller than average yeah very small um so when you made a pie recipe the filling that you made would never fully fit in correct the pie plate because it was like a sub size pie plate yeah so it always i'd always have to control for overflow and in some ways it's a fun challenge it probably made me think harder about baking than i would have otherwise because i kept having to be like all right well this time i'm gonna half it all right well this time I'm going to quarter it. All right, this time I'm going to... Because without fail, no matter how many times I cut it down, it would still overflow and, you know, not a great situation. You have to have a sheet pan under it in the oven and blah, 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 blah. But I dealt with it for a while because, like, really we only make pies for the holidays. Sometimes I'll make one for Joy's birthday or for, like... True. If people are coming who I know like pie. I don't know. It's not obviously an all-the-time thing. Um... It's time intensive and also, as much as I want to live a life, we can just eat pie all the time. Uh, I also know... That's no person's life. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> not a sustainable life. Um, so, uh, I thought it was a little odd to shut down the Python thing, but I was also like, oh, maybe we're just going too hard. Maybe Jordan's right. We need to, like, slow down. So I didn't really think anything of it. You thought I was much closer. I thought you guessed it because you always guess it and or I just straight up tell you. So... <laughs> I was like, oh man, he knows. Or I thought you were going to come back and be like, are you sure? And then I was going to have to tell you. Mm. But you just dropped it. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, maybe she's right. We're probably just like too hype. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the weekend after we had done the other big kitchen things. I was like, yeah, maybe. Maybe we should chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had... I knew that I wanted to do this for a while because I knew that they needed to be replaced. And I was on Etsy because I love shopping on Etsy now. Mm Mm-hmm. And I saw a bunch of really beautiful new ceramic ones that people had handmade. And if it were a gift for me, I probably would have gone in that direction. But I know that you like old shit. Mm. Um, Do you? Yeah. I feel sometimes that you have like a specific attraction to things that are a little like Northeast Grandma. Ha! <laughs> 
I mean, my goal in life is to become a Northeast grandma. So, <laughs> so you are correct. So I saw they have a ton of vintage Pyrex that they're selling on Etsy as well for people who are uh, in the market. Hashtag Dinosaur Corner. <laughs> Northeast <laughs> grandma. And um, so I was looking at some of those. I actually found the exact pie plates that my mom has had my whole life and Whoa. still has, and they were being sold as vintage, and that was really funny to me. <laughs> but I didn't get those because I thought that would be, like, too close to home, kind of. <laughs> ah, literally. Yeah. And then, and then I found the one that I bought you, which... Um, it's from, like, a company called Nantucket Ceramics, but it's not handmade. It's made in China, so, so on the back. Mm. But the reason I liked it was because it was really deep. It's also <clears throat> made for quiches, so I thought that that would solve our filling problem. Mm-hmm. And also, it had that cute blue design on the bottom that I thought was very Northeast Grandma. Mm-hmm. So It's great. It's very cute. <laughs> that's how we got to that. Yeah. Cooked in it. Gotta get used to it. Now that it's so deep, I gotta get... My crust adjusted, uh, but when the crust is adjusted, it's gonna be great because the filling, I mean, works perfectly. There's no overflow. There's no mess. Really, it just stayed contained. I think that. Yeah. That's good. Pie. I thought it was a very good pie. Yeah. I got Jordan this year, a travel book, Lonely Planet, uh, to Berlin. Yeah. Because we are, spoiler, maybe planning a trip to Berlin to stay on houseboat mm-hmm. through Airbnb and review it for the podcast. Yeah. We're not at the level with this podcast where we can travel specifically <laughs> to create content for the podcast, given that we've made zero dollars making this podcast. Have a lonely planet if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool because... I came up with this plan to go to Berlin and stay on this houseboat, and Donnie was like, yeah, sure, whatever. But it... Like, kind of signaled to me that you'd really bought into the idea because <laughs> you were, like, proactively buying this guidebook. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think I've ever had a guidebook before. Usually, I do, like, blogs and stuff like that, and I Google around. Mm-hmm. And it was surprisingly helpful. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. That's why there's an industry that creates guidebooks. <laughs> but as I was reading through it, it really helped me, like, narrow down certain areas that I thought we would be interested in, certain activities that I thought we would be interested in. And, yeah. Yeah, I was sort of approaching it like I do the big backpacking trips I take. Or like, it seems like this, we're going to be, well, I felt I will be out of my element in a foreign city, <laughs> like, with a language I don't speak and no conception of what it'll be like. So having a guide just felt like a good, good thing to organize myself. And I thought it'd be good to have too for, I mean, exactly what Jordan's saying. It's just an in-depth look instead of scrolling through a bunch of blogs. I mean, a lot of it, because it's Lonely Planet, because it's so industry is, like, fairly sponsored stuff or, like, stuff that gets pushed to the forefront. But as we've been looking at some blogs and watching some YouTubers, it seems like stuff that we liked is also popping up, which is cool. Like, stuff we had starred in the book thus far. Yeah. Um, Which is nice to see that it's not just, like, pushing you towards the equivalent of German Dunkin' Donuts or something. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a good starting point, I think, to make us feel grounded in our decision to go and kind of like to point us in the direction of things. And now we can do more research based on that basis. Yeah. And it has maps, which I like. Yeah. Just don't have to rely 
as much on your phone. Like, I feel like I would be more comfortable with a, a like city and metro maps. Yeah, it is kind of shocking how much you don't realize how reliant you are on your phone until it costs like a dollar a minute to use your data, and then you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I navigate with my phone every day. <laughs> yeah, so instead of taking a million screenshots, now we'll just have maps. Yeah. Which seems like worth the enemy in the books. So part of St. Nick's, I guess, too, which feels like relevant for how we do it, since it's meant to be, what? what's the German word? Susischkeiten. Wow, Susischkeiten. Um Meant to be that. I think we've never like expressly set a minimum or maximum price range, but it's always something small, like a book or a pie tin or something. Yeah, it's, it's supposed like... to fit in a child's shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. We saved the bigger stuff for Christmas, but first, decorations. Yeah, we. so I'm kind of like, I don't know if miser is the right word, maybe like a Scrooge about <laughs> Christmas decorations. My parents have always decorated really hardcore for Christmas, both the outside of our houses and the inside, mm-hmm. and are the kind of people who have, like, those big Tupperware bins full of Christmas stuff, like four or five of them, you know? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Those, like, big... I do. I yeah. Do. My parents have big ones. And they put them, like, in the garage or, like, in the basement or mm-hmm. something, you yeah. know? And that's just not our life. Mm-hmm. And I have these very specific memories, like putting Christmas up is kind of fun because you're like getting in the spirit, but what one never wants to do is take Christmas down. <laughs> and so in my adult life, I've much like the lawn just been like, fuck, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And so we have two Christmas decorations and they're both ornaments. Yeah. Yep. And I think we made them both actually. We did. Uh, the first one was the first time I led an art lesson at uh rebecca school and i was teaching assistant and i was like i'll make snowflakes and then i was like i don't know how to do that <laughs> and i was like literally what and so i had to teach donnie how to make a paper snowflake yep. and my sample snowflake is the one that became our christmas ornament because you laminated it i did because you wrote a funny thing on it yeah yeah um so yes yeah, so that's one and then the other one was one from Gown Heights. We walked in. I, I don't know. We were just going like. It was Thanksgiving. It was Black Friday. No, it was Small Saturday. Shop Small Saturday after so we Thanksgiving. Were doing the thing all around Crown Heights. We walked into a uh, like craft shop that had a make your own Christmas ornament set up. So of course I did it because. <laughs> I think it was I'm for children. <laughs> no, it was no. I think I it was for children where they while their parents like shopped at the store. They encouraged us to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You oh, were being weird. inappropriate. Was... <laughs> no, you were being, like, no one else was there. It's not like Donnie was. Move, kids. <laughs> yeah. No, there was no one there. And they encouraged us to stay in the store by having you make an ornament. Yeah. yeah I'm a sucker, so I fell for yeah. it. So I made it. Uh... Dylan made one, too. Oh, and then, like, helped you make yours. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. I remember the string being weird. Um. <laughs> So yeah, so that's our other one. And we normally hang them on the cactus and have a little Christmas cactus, but... Uh, cactus bit it this year. Yeah. Actually, I have a, a photo from last year that uh, has the Christmas cactus in it, so I'll share that. Perfect. But I'm going to get a new 
cactus while I'm home. Yeah. And then we'll have another Christmas cactus for next year. Point of clarity, the Christmas cactus is not a Christmas cactus. Correct. We have a Christmas cactus. <laughs> yeah. But this is separate. It is the cactus onto which we put our Christmas ornaments, thus making it a Christmas cactus. Yeah. Yeah, it is the Christmas cactus as opposed to a <laughs> the article. Yes, my yeah. Christmas cactus is actually not dead. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, just so we got that straight out. <laughs> and then Christmas presents come. Mm-hmm. But also, they're kind of anniversary presents because our anniversary is also maybe in December. Maybe. We don't really know. No. But it's convenient to celebrate it in December because then we only have to purchase each other one present. Yeah. And there have been many times in our relationship where that was a sound financial decision. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's kind of become like what we do. Yeah, true. And I think it's nice. We open Christmas presents before Christmas because we each go home separately for Christmas. And so it's nice to kind of plan like an anniversary celebration slash... Slash. (laughs) Slash? Slash. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas uh, celebration. Yeah. Uh, so this year, Jordan got me a bread knife. A yeah. very nice one. Vintage which, also. Yeah. From Etsy. Would you have to go through kind of a saga to make sure it's all together? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to get you, like, a good one. And also not a rusty one. Jordan is a member of several knife forms now. <laughs> Well, so, (laughs) I knew that if I bought a vintage one, not knowing its provenance, provenance, um, that I would probably need to get it sharpened and also, like, cleaned and Mm de-rusted. So, I wanted to figure out, like, what that was about. Um, That's why I know that you can get knife sharpened for free at Sir Latab and Mm Williams-Sonoma, but that they don't sharpened serrated knives because I called and they said no. There are also a number of online services where you can mail them your knives and they'll sharpen them and mail them back. But also not serrated knives. Mm. Um, There is a dude who drives a knife sharpening truck around New York. (laughs) (laughs) You've probably seen him. He comes to the farmer's market sometimes. So he's like parked on that corner. Yeah. It's more legit than, well, I mean, I mean, they're very well-reviewed, but they only have a Facebook page and a phone number. And when you call the phone number, you get a voicemail that says, text this number. Whoa. He never texted me back. Wild. Maybe he doesn't do serrated. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. What a waste of time. Um, Running a a business. (laughs) So I finally found this place called Henry Westerfall, which is on 25th Street, which is good because that's close to where I work. And I went there, and I was like, will you sharpen serrated knives? And they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because <laughs> they're like a, they're, they are a knife sharpener. Mm. Like, that's their shtick. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm trying to buy this vintage knife. Like, can you do that for me? Can you, like, recondition it once it's done? They were like, yes, you should find something German or Japanese. And I was like, okay, let me try <laughs> And I I actually, I found this one on Etsy. I was also looking for one with a wooden handle because I thought that a plastic handle would probably have weathered Mm. worse than a wooden handle. And actually, they were very clear at Henry Henry Westerfall that, like, they would sharpen the blade of the knife but would do no repairs to the handle of the knife. 
So that part also had to be intact. (laughs) And I found this vintage Japanese knife with a wooden handle that had barely been used. And the woman was like, so I have the original sleeve. It says $18 on it. That was a lot of money when this knife was manufactured, but it's not a lot of money now. So I'm selling it for $18. And I was like, great. (laughs) Yeah. I just told me that. I was like, well, that woman could have gotten so much money from you. Other people were selling the shit for $50, $60, like $120. Like, I thought I was going to have to spend a good chunk of money. But then I also thought I was going to have to spend a good chunk of money getting it reconditioned. Yeah. So then that's when I went into the forums because I also had to make sure that it was not illegal for me to be carrying the knife, Mm. like on the subway. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a weird part of the internet (laughs) about like what your rights are as a knife carrying person in New York city. And the answer is kind of none. So like PSA, (laughs) um, but essentially it has to be like clear that your intent is not to harm anyone with the knife. Yeah. So it had shipped like in an envelope and then sandwiched between styrofoam. So I left it like that, like in the styrofoam in the bottom of my bag, hoping that that indicated that I wasn't trying to stab anyone with it. Mm. And I got it to Henry Westerfall mm. and they were like, yeah, this is as clean as in sh- as sharp as it's going to be. So like, <laughs> we could charge you for that, but we're not going to. And I was like, cool, great. And then I just like took my knife back to work. <laughs> uh. So that was that saga. But you've cut bread with it, and you said it's better than when you didn't have a bread knife. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Net positive. (laughs) Yeah, really great. Huge difference. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the maybe third time I've heard pieces of this story, and every time it's so funny to me. Yeah. The $18 piece in particular. Yeah, it was a wild wild ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I am pretty uh, pleased with myself because both of my presents for you were vintage Etsy finds. Mm. So Man. pulling stuff out of the waste stream. Then I got Jordan. Removable wallpaper samples. Yeah. So if you remember, which episode were we talking about this where I was shitting on you for not wanting to do the wallpaper? I don't know. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> So a while ago, I wanted to put removable wallpaper in our tiny hallway uh-huh. um, because I thought it would be V cool. And Donnie was like, no, that's not cool. We're not doing it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That's like a really vehement response, but all right. <laughs> and it turns out that it was a long con. <laughs> the beginning of a plan. <laughs> <laughs> because um, he scoped my... Evernote note for wallpaper samples and bought all the ones I wanted to try. Mm-hmm. So about all the ones I wanted to try. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So basically, when I, Jordan first laid this idea on me, I was initially overwhelmed because I thought it was gonna be a lot of work. Um, Turns th- out it is probably going to be a yeah. lot of work. Turns out I was right. <laughs> uh, however, as I thought more about it, I was like, well, it would be kind of cool. Um, and then at some point, shortly thereafter, maybe a week or so, Jordan showed me her inspo list on Evernote. Because um, I was still trying to convince him in case he was like on the fence uh-huh. or just didn't fully understand the vision. Yeah. So I knew she had one and I proceeded to execute my plan. It was some spy shit. I didn't know that you had scoped the list at all. Uh-huh. It's very subtle. Yeah. 
Um, so it made sense. I use Joanne's computer quite a lot for some work I'm doing because HP does not want to send me the laptop <laughs> I bought. Uh, and so I often use InDesign. I heard computer to do some uh, books I work on, some ebooks, and like other InDesign needs, posters, what have you. So I'm on there a lot. And also I know from, from our Evernote sharing, like really we share a good majority of our notes. We do our podcast on Evernote. We do our grocery shopping. So I knew the list was there. So it's really very easy <laughs> um, to get it. And from there, it got a little trickier. I decided I would pick the ones that I actually liked, um, which still gave us four options. And I couldn't be sure of the delivery, so I had them delivered in my name to a school uh, where I work. Fortunately, it's a school uh, where I have a really good relationship with everyone, so it didn't really matter. They just put it in the mailroom for me. And so that was great. The next part of the problem, however, was I'm only at this school on Tuesdays and Thursdays <laughs> to do workshops. And there were a couple of Thursdays in a row. One was Thanksgiving, one was like a parent-teacher conference uh, where I couldn't go into the school. And on Thanksgiving and on maybe another Thursday or another occasion, I could have brought it home. Jordan was also home. And on Tuesdays, Jordan usually gets home before me because I have a class and it was a bad situation. So it took me basically <laughs> till like the week before gifts to actually sneak it home and wrap it. Uh, so that was my, my sojourn with it, which wasn't really as bad. I didn't have to talk to anyone on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but I, re- I got a sample from Temp Paper she had and three from Spoonflower. Um, very different experiences thus far. Yeah, Temp Paper was really easy because it's basically just a sticker. Mm-hmm. Giant sticker. Like, eerily so almost. You're like, oh, wow, <laughs> wow. Which is what I imagined it would be like. That's what I thought this product was. Mm-hmm. Also, Bobby from Queer Eye has a line with temp paper. We did not get any of those because they're all white and we're not doing white wallpaper. <laughs> but in case you're interested in that, um, that's temp paper paper. So that was really easy to use. Yeah. And the sample we got from there is not going to be the one. No. But we are going to order a second round of samples now that I know that Donnie's into the idea. So we're going to get one more temp paper sample because I think that would be the easier product to work with. Correct. I agree. As people who have never hung wallpaper before. Yeah. (laughs) Spoonflower, on the other hand, is more of a wallpaper type experience where you have to wet the back of the paper to activate the adhesive. Gross. Mm. <laughs> and then you put it up with a sponge and it dries on the wall. <laughs> we got three of those and actually we knew immediately that one of them wasn't going to work because it was low res. Yeah, that was a bummer. Which was a bummer and I kind of take issue with. But uh, come this, on, Spoonflower. Yeah, this is not a review of Spoonflower right now. That's a different episode. And so we hung two of those samples um and what we decide we we like them Mm -hmm. but this is a very small space it's a very dark space Mm -hmm. so given the information we now have looking at the three samples we have up we're going to order a second round of some different colorways some different patterns yeah one is even a similar design but it's different color palette yeah it's the same 
design with a different background color. Ah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, to give us a little bit more contrast in the dark space. So there will definitely be an update episode on this and whatever we decide to do because it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah, that's about all we do for the holidays. New Year's, we always switch it up. This year, we're going out to dinner at a wine bar we like. But previous years, we've just ordered and watched Netflix. Yeah, last year, we ordered that pizza and then watched that crazy Netflix documentary about the guy who sells Christmas trees on the street. Ah, yeah, that was a good one. Was that last That was like two years ago. Was it last I think it was last year. Maybe. Either way, it's a great documentary. It still exists. Um... Yeah, it's usually on New Year's. It's usually always chill. I don't. I never have really had grand ambitions to go out on New Year's. I feel like even when I was in high school and doing the thing, every New Year's party I went to, I, I don't know. I find New Year's parties to be lame. Saying it, putting it out there. <laughs> well, New York is so hard because every place you go, you have to have, pay a cover. It's going to be packed. The subways are a mess. Ah, yeah. It's yeah. just not worth it. I'd rather stay inside. Yeah. Um... So yeah. we're walking to a restaurant this year and then going home and going to bed. Yeah, a restaurant in our neighborhood, Yeah, to clarify. But yeah, I, would, I think that's about it. I don't think we have any real New Year's traditions. No. And then just comes cold January. <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll be time to hang our wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.